Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together for Parsha's Chayesara. Parsha's Chayesara is a transition Parsha from Avraham to Yitzchak, and there's an interesting recurring event. And <clears throat> what I mean by that is that in the beginning of the Parsha, Avraham is trying to secure a burial place for Sarah, and he speaks to the Bnei Ches, and in particular Ephron, to try to secure the Marath Machpelah. And when he is met with an agreement to his request, Perak Chaf Gimel, Pasuk Zion says, Avraham He gets up and he bows to the Amaharetz in front of the, the Bnei Ches. And then, a little later, when he hears that Ephron himself agrees, He bows in front of the people. So two different bowings preceding confirmation of what he's trying to do, which again in this case is purchasing a burial place for Sarah. If we move further into the Parsha, we'll see a similar action take place. We look at Eliezer and his dealings with Besuel and family. He goes in, and he finds that he's invited by Rivka in Pasuk Chav Hei, a pair of Chav and then it says in Pasuk Chav Ba, Ve'yikarayish, Ve'yishtachu Hashem. He bows. Okay? Then, when he is actually Inside, talking to the family, telling them the story, they tell him that uh, this is clearly based on the story. It's clearly from Hashem. Here's Rivka take. Very, very similar um, verbs used, uh, sentence structure. In the first bowing of Avraham, there's the verb Vayakam, and then he bows. In the case of Avraham, it's to the Bnei Ches. In the second place, which is Pasuk Yudbeis, he just says he bows without a preceding verb. We talk about Eliezer. It says Vayikod, again, a, a verb before Ha'ish, Vayishtachu Hashem. He's bowing to Hashem. And then, in Nunbeis, it says just Vayishtachu Artsal Hashem. And, I, and he, uh, there's even one other reference to Eliezer bowing, but we have two times, as, as when he's retelling the story, two different bows, one by Eli, Abraham, one by his servant Eliezer, both when they're having interactions with people outside of their community, and they're trying to secure not just a good deal, but in Abraham's case, a place to bury Sarah. And the Maras Machpelah itself is a place of significance um, in Jewish history forever after, and in terms of Hebron, burial place of, of, of the Avos. And then when we're talking about Eliezer and interacting with, with Lavan and Basuel, it's to, to continue on the Kalah to provide the next link, to, to continue the, the pattern of the last couple of weeks of, of, of speaking over something from Rabbi Soloveitchik, out of the Sefer Avraham's journey, he says specifically, this is the last chapter in the book, 
that once Sarah dies, Abraham is sort of out of the picture because in order for there to be a covenant, in order for there to be, a, you know, so the people that Hashem is going to make a deal with, you need to have a man and woman. Therefore, if Sarah has died, Abraham has lost his sort of covenantal pair. I think those are his words. And we immediately transition to Yitzchak and Rivka creating that new covenantal pair. Even though we know that Abraham, as Rashi says, survives until um, Yaakov and Esau are 15, which is into Parshas Todos and many years after. Seemingly, the, the marriage. Uh, Yitzchak is 40. When he marries Rivka, according to to the Sukkim, so Avraham will live another thirty-seven years. But but he is again written off sort of at the end of this, which sort of fits in with this this structure that Rabbi Salvatore is, is suggesting that in order for them to be a covenant, they have to have the pair, the man and the woman each has a role to play. So that represents Avraham and the importance of Avraham's final act and the drama that is Sefer Bracious. Right, and he is he is given confirmation he'll be able to do what he wants to do, and he responds by bowing. And Eliezer, trying to create the next pair, uh, is is given confirmation, and he bows not to the people but to Hashem. What can also be taken away from both of these stories is how Abraham and, by extension, his servant interact with the people around them. The story of Ephron is that he swindles Avraham. And later in the Pesukim, his, his name is, is missing a vav to represent that. Right? He says he'll give it to Avraham, and then he charges him 400 uh, shkolem, which seems to be a, a high sum for that, that piece of land. And what's Avraham's uh, interactions? What's his behavior, his posture? Deferential. And again, subservient bows to them. We know that once Avraham secures this plot, it says that the the land elevates. It says the Yakam Hasada, it goes out of the head yoke, which is, uh, which is Ephron into Abraham's possession. But he does it again in a deferential way. Right? When Eliezer goes to Rivka's family, they uh, try to kill him. And then they try to delay him. And what is Eliezer's attitude? Again, bowing, deference, grateful for this. When they try to hold him up, then he says, no, I'm, I'm going to go. Right? And even when they let Rivka go, at that point, he doesn't bow. Similarly, when Avram actually secures the Ras Machpil after the deal's over, also doesn't bow. The idea of the, the Hoda, the thanks, is okay. I've been, it seems like I'm, I've been given agreement from the outsiders that I can do what it is that I need to do, what needs to be done to further Klai Yisrael. The actual outcome, whether we get swindled a bit, whether there might be attempts on Eliezer's life, there are perhaps attempted delays, the outcomes are never in our control. We just push forward. We rely on Hashem to provide the favorable outcome. And again, the interactions with the non-Jews around them is not always harmonious, but the behaviors that they display are not aggressive and are more deferential. Because ultimately, that's how they're going to succeed. If the the count of 400 years uh, goes from from Yitzchak's birth, then Avraham is already subservient. He's no longer the dominant figure. That that 400 year clock has already started, which would be the case when trying to find um, a wife for Yitzchak as well. 
So this this lesson is maybe stressed more with Yaakov and Vayishlach meeting Esav, but we see it play out as well here in Parshas in Parshas Chayesar, and again very meaningful ways in the securing of Maras Machpela and in the securing of the continuity of Klai Yisrael through Yitzchak's marriage to Rivka. Wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.